You're listening to Bunker Labs presents a crash course in small business finance, a limited edition podcast series featuring subject matter experts from the Bunker community to discuss what you need to know about finance in order to set yourself up for success from day one. This series is brought to you by our partners at Intuit, revolutionizing the way you manage your finances, payments, and employees. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, host of the Transition Podcast and voice of the Bunker. In episode one of our five-part series, I'll be discussing financial basics. Joining me is Patricia Mills, partner at Bowers & Company, a certified public accounting firm based in Syracuse, New York, serving small and medium-sized businesses with a collaborative and personalized approach. Patricia brings over 15 years of accounting experience, providing guidance to small businesses of all shapes and sizes. Together, we cover the basics of registering your business, setting up your bank accounts, and ensuring you separate your business expenses from your personal ones, as well as the importance of good accounting and bookkeeping. One of the nice things about having Patricia on the show is that her firm, Bowers & Company, is part of the Community Navigator Pilot Program in collaboration with the Small Business Administration and the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University, which provides free resources and technical assistance to veterans, military spouses, and family members all across the country. If you need assistance from Bowers & Company, you can register at the link in the show notes. We don't have all the answers on this series, but we do provide proper guidance to point you in the right direction. So make sure you're tuned in and paying attention. Patricia, thanks so much for being a part of this series. Really looking forward to kicking things off by dialing into, you know, the financial basics. I know for a lot of our listeners, It can be overwhelming trying to get their business off the ground, just coming up with an idea, validating it, but then also setting themselves up financially for success from day one. And I know for a lot of transition vets, sometimes people think you need an MBA to learn finance, but until you're an entrepreneur, you're out there in the trenches, sometimes that's the best learning that there is. And so I'm really excited to dive in with you today on what people need to know to set themselves up for success. So Maybe we start by having you just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the work you've been doing with the veteran entrepreneurial community. All right. Yeah, I'm Patricia Mills. I'm a CPA at Bowers & Company. I run the accounting services and advisory at Bowers & Company. We have a department that works with small to medium-sized businesses with their bookkeeping and accounting needs. Um, And I've been working a lot with veterans to help them, any questions they might have from a tax standpoint, from um, keeping their books up to date, how best to do it, what software to use, you know, just pretty much, you know, a lot of them are reaching out and I help as much or as much as I can or point them in the direction of what they need. All right. So let's use me as an example. Okay. I get this great idea for a coffee truck. So I live in Newark, New Jersey. I've loved coffee, so I want to go buy me a, you know, a little truck, outfit it, and start driving around and serving coffee, okay? How do I set myself up financially from day one? What should I be thinking about? Right. So, I mean, first off, I guess, you know, assuming you've already done your due diligence to make sure that the costs associated with this and the income you're, you believe can come in is going to give you a profitable, profitable business, that would be my starting point. But when, when you have that idea of a profitable business, you know, lay it out and get the, get the foundation set so that when you start having income, when you start having these expenses from an accounting standpoint, 
you are able to record them appropriately and not two years down the road, not be able to file your tax returns, not be able to apply for business loans that you might need. So really getting that foundation set is, is important for your financial future. And also, you know, setting up it up appropriately from a tax standpoint to get the best tax advantages. So let's talk about business structures with that, right? So am I a sole proprietor? Am I LLC? I know people need to do S-corps. You know, what would be the best for me in this, in this, in this scenario? Right. So usually I would suggest getting yourself protected some way. So I, I typically get an attorney involved. But by, by setting up an LLC or by setting up an S-corporation is usually what we would recommend between the two of them so that you have that protection from, from a legal standpoint, you know, should something happen with your business that you're not personally liable. So outside of that, you know, if, you, if you're going to be small starting off, an LLC would work fine. Setting yourself up as a single member LLC from a tax standpoint, now that's filed on your personal return. So if you're, you know, if you're going to be under 100000 in revenue early on, I would suggest, you know, maybe maybe starting there. And then there's always options to convert and be taxed as an S-corp down the road as your business grows. And what's the benefit of being an S-corp as opposed to LLC? Right. So there's a lot of tax advantages. There's the pass-through entity tax, which just came about within the last couple of years, that essentially creates a tax deduction on your federal returns or state taxes you pay on businesses. If you're not a pass-through entity, you don't get the deduction. So as a Schedule C or a single-member LLC filing on the Schedule C, you would lose that deduction. If you take your LLC and, and request to be taxed as a corporation and elect S status, now you're a pass-through entity. So you get that deduction. Got it. All right. So we pick our, what is it called? You know, our, our, how we're showing up to the market as an LLC, S Corp. We're not advising people to do the single, the sole proprietorship for now because we want them to have a little bit more protection. So then the next step too is probably need to open up my business bank accounts as well, right? So I need to apply to the IRS, get my little EIN number, which stands for an employee identification number, and then open up bank accounts. Now, we talk about this in a later episode, but you and I both know a lot of early entrepreneurs struggle separating their business from their personal. Yeah, why is that so important? Yeah, so this is this is important for many reasons. It, in, in what I do, that is actually the first recommendation I give a client when I pick them up is, you know, we can, we can help you with your books inexpensively if you just segregate your personal and business expenses. But it's not just that. It's also from a legal standpoint, if you're commingling all of your personal assets with all of your business assets, it hurts that protection that you set up by being a limited liability entity or being a corporation. So you absolutely want to have a separate business bank account, probably a separate credit card, and keep keep the two separate. So you are encouraging people to get out a business credit card? If they're going to use a credit card, yes. Yeah. It can be a credit card, it can be a debit card. But if they're if they are going to be, if they're going to have a need to have a card for business expenses, it, you know, in order to, for, for small businesses, what happens is they end up using their personal card, they're swiping it left and right. They forget to, you know, make a record of this and keep those receipts. And now they're losing deductions. So if they have a business credit card that's 
all for business and they're reconciling that business credit card monthly and reconciling the bank account with the debit card monthly. Now they know that every cost they have has come into their accounting software and they're not missing those expenses. So even though this is pound over and over again, the importance of separating your personal from your business, why do you think so many entrepreneurs still struggle doing this? Uh, I think to make to make their lives easy. You know, they start out, it's really small, and they think, you know, as this thing starts growing, I'll, then I'll set up the bank account, then I'll set up the credit card. But then they get busy as it starts growing, and, and they don't do it because life gets busy. So doing it up front ahead of time, you know, that would be my biggest recommendation. I don't care if you have five expenses a month, get that business account set up. What about our listeners that have already started? They haven't done it yet. So they've just <laughs> been putting everything on their personal account. Is it hard to make that transition? Or is it just as simple as showing up to the bank and saying, hey, you know, I want to open up this business bank account. They probably got some stuff that they need to consolidate, though. How do they make that transition? Yeah, it, it really is as simple as showing up to the bank you know, transferring some money in as a capital contribution to your business and starting to pay all your expenses out of that business account. Got it. Now, one thing we talk about is, okay, so that's the foundation, right? That's making sure the administrative stuff is taken care of. Got our bank accounts open. We register our business, et cetera, et cetera. We also need to make sure that we have a, a, a vision for what we're working towards. And remember, in the old days, people would write these elaborate business plans all their financial projections and yada, 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 right? But you and I both know a lot of makers, a lot of those early stage founders, they don't know what they don't know. So they're really just trying to get started, get some out there on the market, test their idea, but they do need to have a vision for what they're working towards. When you're working with a lot of these entrepreneurs, whether it's through Iona University or some of these other incubator programs out there, how are you advising them to actually think strategically about growing their businesses? Right. So I think a, a cash flow projection is, is very important. You know, you could have the most successful business idea in the world if you don't have the cash flow to fund those startup costs or fund potentially your customers paying you. What are the terms? When do you need to pay your vendors versus when you need to pay your customers? If you're going to have a cash flow pin, you're, you're going to be restricted as to how much you can grow. If, if you're not able to, if you're not able to get that cash. So, you know, what goes hand in hand with that is also having that, that financial picture of where you stand with your business, having your books set up, having an accounting software. And I might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but if you don't oh, have those financials to give to the bank so that they can see how you're doing and also your projection to see where you're going, um, it, it's going to be difficult to get that funding that you might need for those cash shortfalls. For the majority of business owners you've been working with, I'm assuming that they've mostly been bootstrapped, particularly the ones that are coming from the veteran space. Right, right. A lot of small businesses, they're funding it with their credit cards. They're funding it with their retirement accounts that they might have from previous jobs that they've had. Usually not going for the funding, but Within a year to two of a business starting out, typically that's where they see they really need that need. They've expended, you know, their credit cards are maxed out, which I'm not recommending you put all of, all of your expenses on a credit card to start the business. That's just what I'm seeing. Credit cards are maxed out. 
you know, they've expended all of their retirement funds that they may have had or have been saving over the years. And now, you know, the need is really there to continue the business. They need those bank loans. I'm glad you bring up the cash flow projections. And I'm just thinking out loud about this. So when I first became an entrepreneur back in 2017, launched my first business, Ironbound Boxing, I didn't have a business coach at the time. I didn't know about quarterly planning. You know, I didn't know, like, how do I actually run this thing? And I think what it what I'm taking from you, too, is like, I think it's important for our listeners to, you know, you come up with this idea for this business, you make those projections, but every 90 days or so, you need to stop and reassess and say, hey, you know, what went wrong? What went right? Where can we approve upon? Instead of just going nonstop, not taking the time to, to think strategically about, hey, how are we deploying this capital? You know? Because a lot of times when you're just starting your business, really what you're doing is you're validating an idea. The first couple of months, really, you want to validate that business idea. You don't want it to be more than six months, I'd say even 12 months, because at that point, it's like you got to make a decision like, hey, is this a good idea to take to market or do I need to pivot and potentially launch something else? So you're using those phases to, you know, assess your progress and you're doing it as a bootstrapper by looking at, you know, cash on hand and looking at, you know, how you're, whether you're successful or not. And the thing that that's going to allow you to do is like, now you can actually start to think and say, hey, because what they're getting to, Patricia, is they're running, they're hustling, right? They're working full time. They got the business going on side. It's not sustainable for them. And then at a certain point, they're probably saying, hey, I need some capital to grow. And that's when they start looking for, you know, loan, micro loans and stuff, et cetera. Right. And our investors potentially. Now, for have you have you worked with any vets that have gone on to take in any kind of investment, whether it's friends and family or actually a bank loan? Vets, I, I I don't think necessarily vets, but absolutely, I've seen many of our clients, you know, using friends and family or you know going to market and and getting investors from all over the state, all over the country, potentially. For micro business owners, and I'm describing micro business yeah. owners as those typically below $100,000. Again, they're probably some makers, maybe they're a professional service firm that's just getting started out. But typically, it's very hard for these type of businesses to get, you know, some outside capital, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. For the micro, you're right. It's, it's really the friends and family, close friends and family that are willing to throw in some funds and help out. One of the things that you've stressed before, too, is making sure people talk to a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. And we've got great advisory services in the veteran network. So, you know, please make sure you leverage these relationships. But then also, you mentioned the word bookkeeping and accounting. And can we talk about the importance of having an accountant and a bookkeeper? Yeah. So that's really where, that's my sweet spot. That's that's where I pick up and get in and, and start helping these businesses out, especially the small ones. So, you know, you're small, you might not have a lot of funds to pay for a bookkeeper, but getting that initial groundwork set so that potentially you're doing your own bookkeeping or your, your spouse might be doing the bookkeeping, or maybe even one of your kids is doing the bookkeeping, but getting a financial software such as QuickBooks Online, that's really our go-to for the smaller businesses, where you can get your balance sheet, your chart of accounts set up, your profit and loss chart of accounts set up, so that when you're entering your checks, when you're entering your income, you can post those to the proper buckets so that 
at the end of the day, you now can print out a financial statement. And that's definitely oversimplifying the process. But I can't stress enough how important it is to get that properly set up so that as you're entering your data on the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, you it, it, you don't have basically the whole garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you're, if you're dropping all your information in and the setup's not good, you're not going to have good financials at the end of the day. So hiring somebody to set up your chart of accounts, to set up your banking, even potentially download from your bank accounts and credit cards into your QuickBooks file. So now all you're doing is coding. You know, you see a bill come in from telephone. You know, all you need to do is type that it's telephone expense. But if nobody goes in to set that up, you don't know where to put it. So what I see clients doing a lot of times is QuickBooks has some preset accounts and it'll go to other expense. So, you know, you go to print out your financials for the bank when you have banking needs or loan needs and you print your profit and loss and you might have an income line and an expense line and then a net income without having all those other categories. So getting getting a software set up on the front end is definitely highly important. How much do you th- recommend our listeners set aside to cover, you know, an accountant and a bookkeeper, at least in the startup phase? Right. So it, it depends on what they want that accountant or bookkeeper to do. If it's really just coming to the coming to the accountant and saying, hey, I want to use QuickBooks or I, I want to use an accounting software to start tracking my, my income and expenses. Can you help me set up a software to do so? Typically, it is QuickBooks in today's day and age. And maybe give me some training to how to, how to use it, how to get things entered in it. I really don't have the funding right now to pay for a bookkeeper or to pay a firm to outsource it. Typically, that would probably be about $1,000 to get that set up, you know, potentially less, potentially a little more, but maybe go with the $750 to $2,000 range should get that software set up for them. Now, what I like to do, especially with small businesses, is say, okay, it's set up, go ahead and use it for a month. And now I will go ahead and pop in and with QuickBooks Online, it's great. They can access it. I can access it. I can see how they're doing. I can make sure they've reconciled. And I can kind of give them a bullet point list of, okay, I see that you entered this and, you know, really it should have gone there. Just kind of kind of train them over the course of, usually it takes three months of their downfalls that, that maybe they have. And then next month they, they they correct it and then maybe something else pops up. But I recommend having an accountant look at it monthly for maybe three months and then jump to quarterly so that at the end of the year, the accountant doesn't look at the QuickBooks file and say, wow, what is this? We, we, we have a bit of work to do before we can file your taxes for you. Yeah, and we have some great accounts and bookkeepers, even within our own veteran and military spouse network. So, you know, I, I strongly encourage people to reach out to them as well. But it's important, and I'm telling you, it's really important to start setting money aside to cover this stuff because you need to focus on selling products, delivering services, creating value for your clients. You don't want to be drowning in the administrative stuff, but you need that trusted, uh, somebody that you can trust to keep you on point. Like you said, reconcile stuff. And it's, you just don't want it to be a bottleneck for you. So I strongly recommend you set some money aside and at least you think about this ahead of time. And one of the things I like about the small business community, Patricia, 
is that a lot of them will work with you when they know you're a small business owner. So I know when I started work with my accountant and bookkeeper, he gave me a lower rate and he actually grew with me, you know, as we've been, you know, in business over the last, I don't know, four or five years at this point. Right. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. For most firms, I think they, they'll look at, you know, this person's just starting out. Let me, let me help them out the best I can to get them off the ground. So I, I, I agree. I think the community out there for our startups is pretty good. And I like the fact that you reference tools to use, such as QuickBooks. Intuit is our sponsor for this podcast. And you and I both know half the world probably runs on QuickBooks for small businesses. And so I'm glad that you referenced that. I use it both for my for-profit and my nonprofit. It is a great software to be able to use. And there's tons of resources out there now with the internet between YouTube videos, podcasts like this, et cetera. So there's really no excuse not to take advantage of these type of tools. Are there any other tools you recommend our listeners take advantage of as well? The micro businesses, I think QuickBooks is good enough. It is it's definitely good enough. When you get larger and potentially you get others involved, you might want a bill payment application. I know we use bill.com here at the firm for a lot of our small to medium-sized clients that now the, the bookkeeping and accounting has been outsourced to the firm. So we utilize that to work back and forth with our clients. So that's a good next step. Just some of the benefits of that is putting internal controls in place for who can enter enter bills, who can approve bills, who can pay bills. So as you get bigger, you want to think internal controls and how do you protect yourself as you get more people with their hands in the money. As we wrap up the first part of this series, is there anything else we didn't cover with regards to setting themselves up for day one? that you think we need to emphasize? Off the top of my head, I'm not coming up with anything, but I'm sure there's some things that, you know, just having a plan in place, having the software in place, segregating your personal and business. Those are the, those are the major things. And I do want to give you an opportunity to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement. I know that they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, right? They, you know, there's excitement first. Oh, I got this great idea. Right. And then there's the dread as you start spending money and then you're out there in the trenches and it's just overwhelming, particularly if you're not the most confident financially. And so I would love you to just leave them with some words of encouragement as they continue on their own entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I would say keep hustling, do what you do, do what you love. And as you grow, learn to get assistance from professionals in areas that you don't like, whether it be, you know, the administrative pieces or the bookkeeping pieces or the accounting pieces. Do what you love because it, it makes that business that much more enjoyable to run and usually it makes you more profitable. Absolutely. Well, Patricia, I appreciate you making time for us to pass on this information to our listeners. Where can people find out more about you and the firm Bowers & Company? We have a website, bowersandcompany.com. My email, tlm at bcpllc.com. I'm happy to assist in any way I can if you want to reach out. Awesome. And for all our listeners, make sure you subscribe to this series on your favorite podcast hosting platform at the link in the show notes. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Here at The Bunker, we realize everyone doesn't have a strong financial background. So to help ease the burden of your entrepreneurial journey, we've partnered with Intuit, 
the global technology platform that helps business owners of all shapes and sizes to achieve financial confidence. To learn more about their suite of products serving small business owners like yourself, visit Intuit.com. Be sure to also visit BunkerLabs.org to learn more about all the amazing programs and support the Bunker community is providing veterans and military spouses.